Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. You have probably noticed many people are turned off by the concept of the judgment of God for sins. This is certainly understandable, and it can be scary for people until they understand how God has made a way for you to avoid both judgment and death. Today in Daniel chapter 6, God beautifully illustrates this for us as Pastor Jim concludes his message, Delivered from Death. This is our final message in our series, Living in a New World, from Daniel chapters 1 through 6. After today, we begin a series in chapter 7 entitled, Seeing a New World. Then Jesus told them, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So the question, are you one of those people? Now, some people say, well, if I could just see like he did, then I would believe. Plenty of people saw the miracles and didn't believe. See, that's because we got to flip it. We have to believe and then we're going to see. I know for me, it was, I felt like I was living in a black and white world. And then when I became a follower of Jesus, all of a sudden the world was in color. I was like, oh, I'm not, most of you know, I was 29. I was like, wow. <laughs> the world is a very different place when you're sober. <laughs> it's very different. So just as the flames left no smell on Daniel's friends in chapter 3, when Jesus was with them in the fire... The lions in death couldn't touch Daniel, the servant of the Lord. In verse 22, Daniel said it was because he was found innocent before God. Here we're told the king said it's because he believed or trusted in his God, which is true, both. Daniel, like Jesus, was falsely accused, but what did he do? He put the whole things in God's hand. The whole thing. He just said, here it is. There's just some things in life that you just got to just say, here you go. There's some things in life you got to do your best. God has given it to you, and he's not like just be lazy and hope that it's going to work out. He says, nope, you got to do this, you know. How many of you ever gone for a job review and they go, oh, actually, you're doing a terrible job, and you go, well, I'm just trusting the Lord. Like, that doesn't fly, does it? No, you got to do your best with what God has given you, but some things are just out of our hands, the most important thing in life is essentially to know that there is a living God who rewards with the forgiveness of sins and eternal life in heaven those who put their trust in him. And Daniel is teaching us the relationship between salvation and righteousness. As we talked about last Wednesday night, there's a relationship be between salvation and perseverance. That's how you know that you're a follower of Jesus, that you persevere. You continue all the way until the end. And what happens is God saves your soul, and there's a righteousness that comes from the outside, the righteousness of Jesus to inside of us, and then it's lived, Jesus lives his life through us. We don't live it perfectly, but we persevere all the way to the end and then God protects us from death. That's what we're going to talk about in the weeks to come. A lot of people, they call it deconversion, but the question is, was there really ever a conversion in people leaving the church? 
Hebrews chapter 10 says this, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So we are to endure, we are to persevere. Well, that's salvation. Next, we move to number two, judgment. Verse 24, and the king gave the command, and they brought those men who had accused Daniel. Uh, some versions say who had maliciously accused Daniel. Some say that had falsely accused Daniel. Who are these guys? Now you say, oh, they were some of the other leaders. No, no, these are the real lions. These are the guys that wanted to devour Daniel. And they cast into the den of lions them their children and their wives, and the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. So the lions were what? They were hungry. They were hungry. So what's the miracle? That God kept Daniel from being devoured by the lions. Now, here's the king. In the Persian Empire... He has absolute authority. He judges them guilty, probably more angry for tricking him than anything else, and for trying to kill Daniel, who he wanted to be the prime minister or to sit at his right hand. Now, some of you are saying, well, why would they kill the whole family? Generally, they would do that to stop the family from trying to kill the king, to stop revenge killings. So we saw last week there was 120 overseers of the whole empire collecting the taxes. There was three guys that were over them. One of them was Daniel. Did he kill all of them? I don't know. Probably not, but I don't know. But clearly, some of them were found guilty for their rejection of not so much the king, their rejection of Daniel who is clearly called the servant of the Lord. Now, that's the name that Isaiah had given to the Messiah already before Daniel ever lived. Now, just to satisfy some of you on this, Deuteronomy 24, 16 says this, Fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor shall children be put to death for their fathers, a person shall be put to death for his own sin. So there is judgment for those who do not put their trust in the Lord. But you know, a lot of you probably know people who've said this. They said, oh, I know I'm going to heaven because my grandmother prayed the rosary every night. Apparently Moses disagrees with you. That everybody's going to be judged for their own sin. I had one of those grandmothers just to pray the rosary all the time. When I get to heaven, I'm not going to be like, um, hey, I'm here. What are you doing here? My grandma. I'm not going to say that. Loved my grandma, but not going to say that. Not going to say, well, I'm Pastor Jim. Then like, who's he? <laughs> Never heard of him. No, I'm going to say, you see, Jesus, I'm with him because I put my trust in his life, not mine. I put my trust in his death on the cross for me. I put his trust in the fact that Hebrew says that he always lives to make intercession, always to pray for me. I put my whole hope 
in him. Sadly, these guys are judged for their sin. The truth of that, of God's judgment, is being discarded these days. I mean, it's completely gone from our culture, isn't it? I hate to think of what percentage, and it's extremely large. It's been discarded from our churches. You know what that does? You say, well, we don't want people to feel uncomfortable. Well, if someone doesn't know that they're a sinner, how are they going, and there's judgment, how are they ever going to know that they need a savior? Why would you? Everybody's like, well, it all works out in the end, doesn't it? I don't know. Jesus doesn't seem to think so. Yet there's an interesting thing. On the cross, Jesus says this, Luke 23, 34, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. I mean, what does that tell us? I think it tells us that we are not to find joy in the punishment or the destruction of those who oppose us. I mean, some of you have some really, really obnoxious family members or friends or coworkers that make fun of your faith, don't you? I mean, they do that. And, and here I think Jesus calls us to pray for them. You see, verse 24 is a warning for rejecting the living God. It's a warning for, to not be able to say what Daniel said in verse 22. Daniel said, he's my God. That's personal. He's not, oh, the God, or God will. He says, he's my God. You see, until you can really say that, you're not going to go to heaven. He has to become your God, and that's through faith and trust in his son, Jesus. We'll go fast forward to the New Testament again. Mark chapter 12 Verse 27, some of the religious leaders didn't want to hear anything Jesus had to say. And Jesus said to them, he is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. You are therefore greatly mistaken. Another version says, you are badly deceived. You see, God judges sin. And on the cross, Jesus was punished for your sin and for my sin in your place. And for those who put their trust in him, just like Daniel survived the lion's den, we will, we will rise from the dead to eternal life in heaven with him. Acts chapter 17, after Jesus ascended to heaven, the apostle Paul says, for he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed or ordained. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. So who's going to judge the world? Jesus. Actually, we're going to judge it with him. So from salvation to judgment, we move to number three, proclamation. You see, the work and the power and the promises of God are to be shared. They're not to be kept. Remember, we've said before, we are not to become a cul-de-sac of grace. We're not to be a street where you go down to your heart and it says, no outlet. No, we're supposed to share this great message with people. So verse 25, then King Darius wrote to all peoples, nations, and languages, this is after what he has seen, that dwell in all the earth. Remember, he was over the known world then. 
peace be multiplied to you. In other versions, it says, may your prosperity abound. Verse 26, I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, in every part of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. And then he tells us why. For he is the living God and steadfast, some versions say enduring forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. Or another version says his kingdom, his dominion kingdom has no end. He delivers and rescues. Great word to use for people these days. You say to people, are you saved? And they're like, what are you talking about, right? He works or performs signs and wonders in heaven and on earth who has delivered or rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Now, soon, very soon, actually, people will have the opportunity to return home from Babylon. Sadly, many, most of the people will not take that step of faith. They did well in Babylon, and a lot of them stayed there. But yet, God uses a pagan king to encourage them in the power of God. Sometimes, like every Sunday, like every day, we me, need to be reminded of the power of God and the honor that is due him. We are are very casual about that. And that's the message that needs to be taken to the world. Although I will say this, we cannot force devotion to God upon people. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. These verses tell us a lot about the creator of the universe, his great power, and why he is worthy of our faith and our trust and our praise and our worship. Yet, you go outside and you, 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 know, you look at the creation, you go to the beach, you look, at the, you look at the water, you go out at night, you look up at the stars, and you, you realize how immense God is. And yet, on the other hand, you realize how personal he is. That he says, yeah, go ahead, touch me. That he says, I want to be your God. I want you to be able to say he's my God. I personally possess him. Verse 27, he, he delivers, he rescues, or he saves He'll he'll do that for you. Whether you're here, whether you're in another part of the building, whether you're watching online, he will actually do that for you. Not only that, he invites you to his kingdom, to his house, to become an adopted son or daughter of the king. He invites you to become heavenly royalty. Verse 28, so Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Just a a quick side note, many people believe that Darius served under King Cyrus. Other people believe he was the same person. We're not gonna pay attention to that now. 
we're gonna see that Daniel prospered. Here's a guy yanked from his home as a teenager and for over 70 years, he's faithful and fruitful. May we persevere like that. I also hope that we, we stop treating teenagers like they're five. Because it's widely thought that the apostles were teenagers or early 20s. And they flipped the world right side up. Daniel and his friends went down there as teenagers and remained faithful the entire time they were there with God. And, and we have this, this thing about teenagers. I, all the years I've done in youth ministry, I gotta tell you, they ask the best questions. And they're so honest. They're not faking it. They're not posers. They'll be the ones that'll say, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble believing all this stuff. And you can sit and really have an intelligent conversation with them. You really can if you're willing to listen. And so he prospered. I want to talk about perseverance for a second again. Persevering for a year or two or a few weeks is not being a follower of Jesus. That's not what that's about. It's about persevering all the way to the end. It's about being serious about following Jesus all the way to the end. And I, I hope and pray that that is your prayer for yourself and your friends, that they would stay that way all the way to the end because we've all seen people fall away from it. You see, Paul said to the Romans, not all of Israel is Israel. Daniel was at the heart level a true Israelite, one who trusted in his God to deliver him from the pit of exile, even from death. You see, Babylon was a 70-year lion's pit for, for Daniel. That's what it was. And yet now Cyrus will be the one who will let the people of God go home. But there's no indication that Daniel got to go. There's no indication, you know, that he was bitter about it. Maybe he's too old. You know, it's entirely possible that you can work really hard for the things of God and not see the fruit of it until you get to heaven. <laughs> and that's actually a better way to see the fruit of it because you'll be rewarded forever. But I'll tell you one thing about Daniel. The apostle Paul would write this in Galatians 4.26 that there is a Jerusalem that is from above. You're going to see Daniel there. He'll be there. And if you meet him and you say, hey, man, all that time in Babylon, how was it? He'll say, it was worth every second, man. It was worth every second. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, but he stayed faithful and he emerged unharmed. We're really not told that much about him but he, he was in line to be the prime minister again, to sit at the right hand of the king. 
On the cross, Jesus was thrown into the lion's den, but it was a different lion's den. There was the visible assassins, the Romans. There was the religious leaders who were wagging their heads at him. He saved others, but he can't save himself. And then there was the unseen world that was no doubt surrounding him. Daniel came out of the lion's den completely uninjured. Jesus was severely injured. Daniel didn't die, and Jesus did die, but death could not hold him. For us as followers of Jesus, let's always keep in front of us, because of what Jesus has done, we engage with him in the battle for souls. Most of us will fight that battle in life. We'll fight that while we are living. Sometimes we will win by living. But others like Jesus win by dying. And Jesus is now seated at the right hand of God. God raised Jesus from the dead as he will all who, like Daniel, are declared innocent by God because they put their trust in him. When Lazarus was dead, it was very interesting. Both of his sisters said to the Lord, you know, if you were here, he would have lived. <laughs> Remember, they were talking about him before they were talking to him. <laughs> Jesus says to one of them, John eleven twenty five, 25, I am the resurrection, the life. He who believes or trusts in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe that? Let me ask you that question. Do you believe that? I'm not asking you, do you believe in Jesus? Plenty of people believe in Jesus, but don't believe Jesus. They're two entirely different things. You can believe that a man called Jesus of Nazareth walked around the, around the world. You can even believe that he rose from the dead. But do you believe him when he says that if you want to escape the perils of death, if you want eternal life in heaven, that you have to actually believe what he said and put your trust in him? That's what he's talking about. Do you want the forgiveness of sins? Some of you, the sin is just, man, it's just weighing on you so heavy. It's, really, it's getting really hard. You're realizing you can't carry it anymore. The backpack. You ever watch these kids with their backpacks walking up a hill from school or something like that? That's what it's like for you. You can't do it anymore. You don't want to do it anymore. You've got to come to Jesus and you've got to say, listen, I need you to carry this load for me. I'm turning from my sin. I'm putting my trust in you. Do you want to be delivered from death? The scripture says that those who put their trust in Jesus are absent from the body and present with the Lord. Don't you want to be like Daniel and see the king? Don't you want to go live in heaven with the Lord? If you answered yes to all these questions and you've never put your trust in Jesus, you need to put your trust in Jesus today. And if you've already put your trust in Jesus, then you need to say to the Lord, Lord, please hold tightly onto me so I persevere. So I endure 
so I never give up. Because I know that I couldn't get myself into the Christian life without you. And I know I can't maintain the Christian life without you. I know I couldn't bring myself into this world without you. And I know that I cannot bring myself into your world, into the afterlife without you. And that's the trust that Jesus wants to have. Jesus wants us to all have in him. Daniel trust. Epic trust. I know everybody says, don't you want to dare to be a Daniel? Not me. I want the kind of epic trust that that brother had. Where I can say, Lord, here's my life. I give it to you. You do what you need to do and keep me faithful all the way until the end. And if I don't get to see Jerusalem in this life, I'll see it in the next. And I'm fine with that. Thank you for spending the last half hour with Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to help you deepen your relationship with Christ no matter where you are in your journey. Teaming with Changed by Love financially makes it possible to reach thousands, many more than you and I could reach on our own. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Please consider a generous gift today. Give safely and securely online at changedbyloveradio.org. You'll find our address there too if you'd rather send a check. You can always reach us by phone at 862-217-9686. It takes a team to encourage thousands. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney, changedbyloveradio.org.